Welcome to Language Chats. This is a podcast for language lovers in Australia and beyond where we share our experiences of language learning with you, as well as the stories of other Australians and a few international guests who love learning, working with and communicating using other languages. I'm Penny. And I'm Beck, and we'd like to begin this episode by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land on which we're recording today, the Wadawurrung people and the Wurundjeri people, and we pay res- our respects to their elders past and present. Happy New Year, Beck! Can you believe oh, it? I know! Happy New Year! Happy 2023! You got it right this year. I know, I got it right this year for anybody, any keen listeners who remember that last year, probably the year before, I said the wrong year. Yep. That's, I'm two years behind. And should we go and get in a little warm-up <laughs> and you got the year wrong as well? <laughs> yes, I know. And luckily that was in the warm-up. So in the real recording, um, I remembered that it is indeed 2023 and not 2021. That's actually what I said. Yep. <laughs> well, we are very happy to be back for another year and episode number 81, Beck, can you believe it? I know. It's crazy. And I'm so excited about this opening episode of 2023. For the start of a new year, we have a really exciting guest with us this time on Language Chats, and it is Benny Lewis from Fluent in Three Months. I know, we hope you enjoy the episode. Benny Lewis, welcome to Language Chats. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. We're very happy to have you. Thanks so much for having me. Um. Tell us a little bit about your language learning story um, and where did your interest in learning another or many other languages begin? Uh, I was sparked initially by Spanish students visiting my hometown in Ireland to learn English. Um, I would only ever speak English to them, but that kind of put that little seed in my brain. Uh, But it turns out that it's kind of like the universe was telling me, no, you can't learn a language because... Everything I tried for several different years blew up in my face. I kept trying to take uh, Spanish courses at uni and I kept getting turned down because ironically, I was too early. It was this whole ridiculous thing with the application and how it worked. So I kept trying and I kept failing. And then when I graduated, I was like, okay, I'm going to do an internship in Spain. And by living in Spain, I will clearly learn Spanish because that's the solution. Move to the country and it solves all your problems. And I moved to Spain and I lived there for six entire months without learning a sniff of Spanish. And I was taking uh, group lessons and I was just the worst one in the entire uh, group. And I would uh, freeze whenever the teacher spoke to me and I had really nothing to show for it after six months. So uh, I was close to figuring I am just not destined to speak a language because my background, what I studied was electronic engineering. And here I am in my early 20s, still only speaking English. And I figure, well, maybe there's something that this right brain, left brain stuff where you're either good at the arts and languages or you're good at technical things. And I'm only ever going to be good at technical things. Uh, But I kept seeing evidence to the contrary with other people because this uh, exchange program I was on for engineers I would see engineers arriving from other countries, also not speaking a word of Spanish. And then after a month or so, they would actually begin conversing. And I would have to challenge this belief I had that you, you, you can't be an engineer and a language learner. And so that gave me the inspiration to try to avoid speaking English entirely. And I did that at the beginning of my sixth month in Spain. 
And that's what transformed my experience dramatically. And that kind of kicked off my whole learning philosophy of ever since then, if I do want to learn a language, I have this speak from day one attitude to it. And I embrace the fact that I'm a beginner. I'm okay with the fact that mistakes are going to be a part of this whole process. And that got me into good momentum with Spanish. And from there, I kept on traveling. That was 20 years ago, 2003. And I have been a nomad since 2003. So this is my 20th year. And uh, apart from seven years in the States, I've been pretty much always going to countries that don't speak English and trying to learn their language, uh, living there for a few months at a time, and then uh, writing about it and uh, making YouTube videos about it and all that fun stuff. That's so awesome. Um, hearing about your decision to kind of make that decision and say, well, from the start of the six months, I'm only going to speak Spanish. I'm going to leave English at the door. It kind of gives me a little bit of a tingle. How, thinking back to that time, how difficult was that stepping out of your comfort zone and making that decision? And do you think that period of time has stayed with you over these last couple of decades when you've embarked on new language projects? Yeah, I mean, that, that kind of ties into a question people always ask me, like, what's the hardest language you've ever learned? And the answer to that is Spanish, because it was the first one. Doesn't matter that I've learned some Hungarian and Chinese and whatever. Spanish remains the hardest experience for me, because that first attempt at trying to avoid speaking English, I kept thinking in my head, this isn't going to work, because... I don't know any Spanish. I barely have any words. My grammar is abysmal. I sound like a caveman. And I had all these doubts in my mind. And I didn't know if this experiment was going to be a huge flop or not. Now I have the um, experience of doing it multiple times that when I start learning a new language and I have the same approach of speak from day one, avoid using English, it's going to be a struggle. It's still going to be a big challenge. I'm going to feel like an idiot. But I know the process works. And part of it was embracing the fact that I'm going to be an idiot. I'm like, do you know what? It's fine. This is a natural part of being a beginner is I am going to make very straight, very simple sentences and sound like Tarzan. And as long as they understand me, then the conversation can move forward in some way. And the goal isn't to have eloquent, beautiful sentences the goal is just pure communication, and then I can tidy it up with time. And ultimately, uh, my motto is suck a little less every day. <laughs> a very good motto to have when you are a beginner, I think. How, When you did have that first, because I, I really identify with that, that initial feeling of being like, I sound dumb and I, I don't have any of the words and I can't piece any of this together. And I think probably a lot of people who are listening to this podcast out there have felt that before too. And it does take quite a lot of, it takes a real step in confidence to get past that and to kind of push through it. Um, when you did have that that moment when you were learning Spanish, can you remember what that felt like? Was there a was there a bit of a light bulb moment where you went, actually, it doesn't really matter anymore. Like it's fine for me to sound like I'm using simple words and simple structures because I'm a beginner. Yeah, to this day, I still remember almost twenty years later the exact moment that it happened because uh, a few weeks into that experiment of only using Spanish, 
I had just bought an electric toothbrush from the supermarket and it broke. And I was uh, very tight on money at the time. And so I, even though it was like 12 euro, I really needed that 12 euro. So I was so furious that I stormed into that supermarket to demand a refund. And as I arrived up to the, um, to the manager or whatever, I realized I don't know how to say refund. I don't know how to say toothbrush. I don't know how to say broken in Spanish yet. I haven't learned any of these words. A more sensible person would have studied this ahead of time and prepared the dialogues or whatever. But do you know what? The, the, um, the emotion of the moment kind of pushed me in. And I said, just, do you know what? doesn't matter. Máquina de dientes, tooth machine, malo, bad, uh, dinero ida y vuelta, money round trip. And, you know, all these things that like, uh, like these are the, the few basic words I could think of. And the uh, light bulb moment was that I actually succeeded in getting my money back. So obviously it looked very silly. It sounded very silly. But I achieved my goal. And that made me realize the communication is the real thing that you need to be thinking about here. And I know a lot of people can be feeling, yeah, but I'm going to sound like an idiot. And, I, and, and I'm like, then that's, what, then that's just the way it is. Deal with it. You know, Embrace the fact that you're going to sound like an idiot. I decide at the, at the offset, today I am going to make at least 200 mistakes every single day for the rest of this project. Rather than go in with this perfectionist mindset of like, you know, uh, thinking oh, someday down the line, I want to have deep philosophical conversations in the language. Sure, maybe that'll happen. But right now, all that matters is I need to get these mistakes out of my system. The only way that's going to happen is if I speak and if I sound like an idiot. So that I did indeed have that light bulb moment. And it's brought it's I've had that ever since that at every stage in the language, I'm always trying, trying to think, can I have a form of communication. Obviously, it's going to be a higher goal as I get further along in the language. But even as a beginner, that Tarzan speech can get you a lot, even with a handful of words. <laughs> yeah, amazing. Um, and I think that's so, actually, it's quite liberating as an adult to think I can make mistakes and it doesn't matter. I think we probably don't mm -hmm. value that enough. And as language learners, actually, a lot of the time we kind of get to feel that. Um, because so often as an adult, you do feel that pressure to be kind of perfect. performing, I think like, yeah, to be perfect and to be able to do everything correctly because like you're educated and you know what to do now and you're old enough to know what's right. Whereas, um, to be able to make mistakes so freely, like you can do when you are learning something new, but especially in the case of a language that is really a very liberating Thing to have to do so love your story and I'm definitely going to remember the imagery of you going into a supermarket and trying to tell somebody that you need a refund for your broken tooth machine <laughs> yeah how good is that so so what what happened after this the Spanish kind of period of your life what what was next for you in terms of language and travel and career uh, so I uh, kind of associated with the Erasmus crowd, which are the international exchange students and the, their academic year ended. And I was left with the decision, do I want to just move back to Ireland and get into the whole engineering career? Or do I want to explore this uh, experience a bit more? And I was really hooked on this language learning um, vibe I was getting. 
So I went on to move to Italy. I lived there for a while. I learned Italian. Then I went on and I lived in France for a year and I learned French. Then I went on to Brazil. And as well as learning each individual language, I then had to kind of have a separate project where I was trying to maintain and balance multiple different languages and begin to become an actual polyglot because initially I was just forgetting the previous languages. And after that, I expanded it to other language branches. And, and by the time 2009 came along, I had been meeting so many people in my travels who would see that I speak these like six or seven languages and they'd be like, wow, you're so smart. You're a genius. I, I could never do that. And I, that frustrated me a lot because I came from the background where I also felt I couldn't do this. And the whole thing is I actually literally feel like an idiot the entire time. So it just it contrasts so much for someone saying, you're a genius. I'm like, no, I'm literally an idiot. That's the only reason this is working for me. And so I kept repeating my advice in person to people over and over again. And I realized that I could make a much bigger difference if I scaled this up. And that's why I started my blog in 2009. I'd already been traveling for six years, but I wanted to share my language learning story, warts and all. And I wanted people to see the, the, the back end of what it's like to be a beginner and to advance through those stages of the language. And then generally, whenever I go to countries, especially outside of the European Union, as a tourist, I can only stay usually for about 90 days or three months. So generally, for the first several years, my project was I wanted to get to what's uh, understood in the European Common Framework as level B2. And this, for me, is fluency because you are socially equivalent to how you would be in your mother tongue. You can go down to the pub with your mates, have a conversation about most things, and they can talk naturally and the conversation flows. You still can't have very deep philosophical debates or you can't talk about complex things related to your work. Like I couldn't talk about engineering concepts necessarily until I get to the mastery stage. But at the fluency stage, you can do a lot of things. So I have a very deep understanding of what that fluency means. And I figured that would be my target. And I would try to see, could I reach it in three months? And another thing that I was challenging is uh, before I got exposed to the online language learning community, most people I was meeting uh, were I was meeting them in my travels and they had extremely vague goals. Maybe at the start of the year, they had a New Year's resolution. I want to learn Spanish. And I really wanted to fight against this and to introduce the concept of specificity and smart goals, specific, measurable and all that stuff. So I... Um, I, I kind of said to people, as you start a project, you need to have a deadline and you need to have a specific point that you're aiming towards. An example of that is fluency in three months. It doesn't necessarily mean that this is a, a challenge, uh, like a promise for everybody in the world that you follow my formula and you'll get fluent in three months. doesn't mean that at all. It means this is an example of the kind of mentality you need to have when you go into a language. You need to say, I am going to be A2 in four months. I'm going to be B1 in six months. Whatever it is, you're going to have your specific goal and you're going to have a timeline because that is infinitely better than I want to learn French. And that, that has absolutely no end goal, no specificity. You'll technically never achieve it because you'll never learn every single aspect of the language. There's always going to be more words. There's always going to be expressions. So you, you need to push aside perfectionism and have actual targets 
that are not perfect by definition. And that's kind of where the whole concept of Fluent in Three Months came from, where I would show and share my projects with people. I am very lucky that because this has become my job, I can work very intensively for nine months out of the year on various aspects related to my business, build up the funds, and then I can essentially take three months off all of that stuff. Like I'm not going to do any uh, coaching calls or I'm not going to do go to conferences or whatever for three months. And then my full-time job is to learn the language and it becomes a bit more realistic, especially if you're an experienced language learner. It's not necessary to say anyone could be fluent in three months. That That's not really a debate I care to have because I don't... It's not that interesting to me. I'm more interested in, look, here's what I'm trying to do. I hope it inspires you with whatever project you personally might have. Fluency, I think, in general is a is a word that can become quite contentious in, like in, in general. And Penny and I have spoken about this on the podcast many times before because it elicits the most incredible and interesting responses from people when um, they uh, associate, so many people associate languages in general and their learning of them with the word fluency. Um, like you said before, people often set kind of quite vague goals and that can often involve fluency in a very wishy-washy sort of way um, or in a very general form that can, you know, cross periods of time, who knows how long. Um, but it's it's really interesting to hear what you're saying because I think when, like, you speaking about the concept of fluent in three months from your point of view gives a lot of context to why you have called so many things that are a part of what you do, um, you've given it that name. Um, and like, I suppose you must have so many people misinterpret that online. Um, like, do you, do you find that people are often giving you all sorts of comments and feedback about calling your blog and of course, as well, the, the name of your first book, um, but your website as well, the name Fluent in Three Months? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, I, you, the definition of fluency is going to be so broad for so many people like when I meet, I'm currently in Thailand as we're recording this. And when I bump into random expats who have absolutely no experience in learning a language, when I probe them, by them, by their definition, fluency is when you can have basic conversations, which in my mind is maybe A2. So it, they don't have any concept of it. So pretty much anything can be fluent for them. And that, that of course, unfortunately for me, I get kind of grouped in with them and people would who don't hear what I have to say and don't hear that I talk about it as B2, which is a genuinely high point to try to raise towards. They would say, Benny's just trying to sound like a, he's just trying to be a tourist in three months. Anyone can do that. And so they kind of downgrade what I'm aiming towards. And then the other end of that is people who associate it with the fact that I am selling a promise. And it's kind of like six pack ab in a, in, in a month. And I get that. It's, it's unfortunately going to come with the territory, the fact that I have target in timeline. There's a lot of ways you can make connections to a lot of uh, brands and a lot of promises that are just not going to uh, work there. And on top of that, there's the, the fact that I, um, I, I got a bit of whiplash coming to the online language learning community because what a lot of language learners uh, hold um, as, far, as far as their standards go are much, much higher than anything I would have imagined. 
because uh, a lot of the language learning community are truly passionate about the languages that they learn. And the goal can only ever be something close to perfection. And so for them, fluency is only C2. It's only mastery level when you are as you are essentially one step below bilingual. Only then can you say you're fluent. And a lot of my advice is a slap in the face for them because I'm saying you need to make mistakes. It's fine if you upload videos and you sound like an idiot. And they, they kind of, it doesn't jive with the way they would see how languages are supposed to be communicated. So they will see a video where I'm clearly not speaking the language perfectly. And they'll say, this is proof that Benny's a fraud. Because look at here, listen to his accent, hear the mistakes he's making. Therefore, his advice is worthless. And, and I get it. Coming from the, that different perspective, uh, like my advice is not useful to them. If, if you're passionate about the language and you really genuinely want to study that language and it is your lifelong goal, then somebody who's trying to do something intensively is an insult to you. But I don't look at languages that way. And I'm sorry if it offends people, but I feel like languages are nothing but a tool for me. They are a means to an end. They're the key that opens a door. And that door, the real thing I care about, is getting to know other cultures. I am not really a language learner at heart. I'm a traveler at heart. I've been nomadic for 20 years. I'm going to keep on traveling for many more years. I want to get to know different cultures. I want to meet a lot of people. And because of that, I need to learn the language and I need to reach a certain level that's going to open up that culture as much as possible. And I found the sweet spot is fluency. I have reached the C2 level. I have a C2 diploma in Spanish. I would definitely have somewhere around that level in French. I took the C2 exam in German and I passed four out of the five sections of it. So I am very much familiar with the mastery levels in a language. But to be totally honest, I've not really needed those mastery level communication skills for the majority of how I live my life in the language. If I'm not an engineer, I'm in, I'm in that language to be social. And I think with the online language com learning community, I'm an extrovert and a lot of them are not. And that, that really clashes that uh, I see people who have like 10 year plans with their languages and I come in with this three month plan. It can sound either arrogant or foolhardy. And I get it and there's a huge clash there. And I'm going to be starting a whole new three month project. And I know Reddit are going to tear me a new asshole when, it, when I <laughs> announce that. It always happens. They're always going to say this snake oil salesman, Benny, is trying to pull the wool over your eyes yet again. And do you know what? I just accept it. That's just the price I pay for making content on the internet and for having an ambitious project in, short in a short amount of time, which I will be extremely clear about as I announce it. This is a challenge I'm setting myself. I'm not promising anything. I'm not giving you a, a magic pill that's going to solve all your problems. Uh, my philosophy is you should have specific goals. Here's me trying to do a specific goal. I may fail, but I'm going to try and I'm going to share the journey with you. And um, yeah, so the internet definitely uh, has um, uh, a cold place in its heart for me whenever this happens. But ultimately, I I know that my message gets through to a lot of people. It's, uh, it is something that has this shareability factor to it. The, either someone shares it because they, uh, for the reasons I care about, that they're inspired, or someone shares that this this 
uh, this idiot thinks he's going to learn this language in three months. Look how much of an idiot he is. And they'll share my video. And hopefully one of the people they share it to who agree that I'm an idiot will actually think, oh, do you know what? I, I like what this guy's doing. Maybe I could uh, potentially learn my language. So um, I, it comes with the territory. I've grown thicker skin over the years. And I know I'm going to get a lot of flack as I uh, take on my next project. And that's that's just the way it is. And uh, I I communicate a lot better with it. I, I argued with people a lot a lot at the start, but I see their perspective. I understand. I've talked a lot more with language learners who are truly passionate about the language and uh, who love it in a way I could never love the language. So I've softened the way that I um, present my message so that I'm not in their face as much. But uh, you know, it's still going to be a funny experience. So I, as a, in a way, I look forward with dread to the the shares of the the scam artist Benny is 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 trying to fool you again in three months and you know whatever. Oh no! <laughs> um, I really love how you talk about you know being an extrovert and coming at languages from this perspective of you know, socializing, wanting to make connections and build community and all those kind of things. When you have a language project or as part of the the programs that you provide to your community, um, I know that con conversing and having a conversation is, you know, such, you know, the peak, the pinnacle that you're trying to encourage your clients to aim for. Um Personally, Benny, when, when you want to have a conversation with people that you're meeting on your travels, are there topics or things that you're most driven to learn about, vocab and things like that, that you want to discuss with people? Or is it just just want to make friends and learn about the culture? Uh, I don't really go in with too much of an agenda. I mean, in the beginning stages, the A1, A2, there's obviously a lot of predictability there. I'm going to have the same kind of conversations. Why are you learning this language? Talking a little bit about me and my background and whatever. But ultimately, I want the range of people I meet to be as broad as possible. I tend to make friends with those who do not speak English. So they may not be as influenced by Western cultures. And that means that the typical conversations we're likely to have is a lot broader and a lot more unexpected than I would try to force upon them. You know, like, I, I don't know, I like technology. I'm a nerd. We were just talking about before, I like Star Trek, but I'm not going to force a conversation about Star Trek on some random person I'm meeting in, in the country that, you know, they wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I try to be as open as possible and be aware that I am in somebody else's country I need to respect their culture. I need to try to adjust to how they're doing. And I find, it, I find all facets of communication to be interesting. And language is one of them. But I, I find it really interesting to learn about body language. And I found that, for instance, the question comes up is, won't people respond to you in English? And in a language learning, in, in a very tight language learning ball, uh, that your your whole world, you're thinking about just the language. You imagine they're responding to me in English because my language level isn't good enough. And I, that for me is just is such a narrow way of looking at it. I take a step back and I think, well, hold on a second. What, what else is happening here? And I've truly analyzed, like, what is my fashion sense? Like, what kind of clothing am I wearing? 
What's my body language? Am I being a bit like I've just come from Latin America? Am I being a bit too expressive with my arms that I'm coming across as aggressive? What's my grooming style? I found out when I was in Egypt that I, uh, if I simply grew a mustache, which I didn't grow very well, kind of looked like a porn tash in my eyes. But regardless, I grew a mustache and that helped dramatically as well as the fact that I was wearing heavier clothes, which I didn't want to do because Egypt is very hot for an Irish guy. I wanted to be in shorts, flip-flops and a baseball cap, but that's not how Egyptians dress. So once I made those changes... My level of Arabic was about the same as it was when I arrived because I had learned it before going. Uh, but the response to people was dramatic. Like, obviously, I can't change my skin color, but I looked like maybe uh, um, an Irish guy who had been living in Egypt for five or 10 years. So their whole mentality changed and they were more likely to speak the language with me and invite me into their uh, events and such. So this for me is just such a broader aspect. The um, the social aspects, the psychological aspects of getting to know other cultures and languages is one part of that. And so many times people bring all of these questions to me where they're interacting with somebody and they always feel it's because their language level isn't good enough that things reach, reach the brick wall. And I, I try to get them to look beyond that and see like what other things are happening here. And uh, it's part of what I'm truly passionate about. But obviously, the language is always going to be an important point of that. So I try to uh, address that as much as I can too. Tell us a bit more about Fluent in Three Months and the services that you provide and the kind of resources that you also provide for, for language learners. You've touched on them a little bit in some of what you've told us already. But um, could you let us know a bit more about that and also about the community that you have, I think, fostered amongst um, Fluent in Three yep. Months as well? Yeah, so my main goal with Fluent in Three Months is to try to make as much of a difference in language learning as I possibly can. So that means that 99.99% of all the effort put in goes into all of the free stuff. So we try to answer questions on the blog. We've had at least two articles on the blog every single week since June 2009. So that's a lot of articles to answer people's questions. Making YouTube videos to answer people's questions. I try to share inspirational uh, mini videos, maybe on TikTok and maybe inspirational posts on social media. And I really want to give as much free advice as possible. And because of that, it's grown my audience such that I have enough traffic that then I can do the little bit that is going to actually like pay my bills and pay my team's bills because Fluent Three Months is actually over a dozen people. And I may be the face of the brand, but there's a lot of people behind the scenes who are doing everything. Uh, so one thing that we have is the Fluent in Three Months Bootcamp. So for people who like the intensity of my projects, not it's not for everybody, but if you like the intensity of learning in three months, then what we effectively do is rather than give a guarantee of fluency, we give a guarantee that you will have conversations in your language after three months. And that for some people, that may seem overly ambitious. For others, that may seem like uh, once you've got experience in languages, that you realize, you know, obviously you can have conversations in three months, but for a lot of people, it seems completely unachievable. And I know from learning German in secondary school for five years, I was definitely not having conversations after those five years. I, I couldn't even order a train ticket the first time I was in Germany. And that despite all of the supposed five years of work I had done. So a lot of people are coming uh, with completely fresh eyes and they don't know a lot of stuff 
that is pretty straightforward to the language learning community, like how flashcards work, like how you should work with online teachers. A lot of people are, their minds are blown that you could even get an online teacher. Um, and then there's a lot more complicated stuff that like uh, we have uh, researched all the best resources, both free and paid that we try to guide people on. And so in bootcamp, um, me and several other experienced polyglots act as coaches to help people through their three-month projects. And it's been going very, very strong for a long time now. We have a lot of people who come back because they enjoy it so much. And I love the difference it makes. I get people thanking me all the time. I get messages in my email. I get uh, people posting uh, pictures of like literally babies that have just been born because of somebody that they met after they learned the language. And that's happened a lot more than you would you would imagine it has. So it just, I got really inspired by this difference that I've been able to make in the world by just nudging people towards learning languages in a much more uh, open way and embracing making mistakes and taking them away from perhaps the environment they originally came from where it's way more academic. And for me, you can't really teach languages academically. Uh, something that um, I think it was Katsumoto, a friend of mine said, is languages can't be learned, they can only be lived. So like I try to get people into that mindset that it's not like history or geography that you have to just cram a bunch of facts. You have to start speaking to actual humans. You have to work through those struggles and uh, this has been the core message for years on Fluent in Three Months. It's why so many people have enjoyed the post and they still share it and uh, it's still going strong to this day. And I'm so happy that it's like, I went through a couple of very rough years myself uh, personally while I was in the States and I wasn't able to give to the brand or wasn't able to post as much content, but I had grown a team that was strong enough that they were doing all of that for me. So Fluent in Three Months went forward and continued to inspire people while I took a few years of a personal recovery. And I'm really excited to be getting back into it myself again now. Yeah, that's exciting, Benny. And it's, it is really nice when you, when you talk about the Fluent in Three Months program because we, we know people who have, you know, had such fun and success. And I think fun's really important because, you know, why would you? Why would you do it if it wasn't fun? Um, so I think, yeah, it's really lovely to, to hear you talk so passionately about about it all. And I guess that leads me on to what I wanted to ask next was, is, is your desire to help people and help people in your community to embrace a new language and embrace the joy that comes from language learning. Is that what kind of motivates you every day and helps you kind of keep pushing further and further with, with fluent in three months and your own kind of personal projects as well? Uh, in a way, I mean, I don't necessarily see my position as inspiring people to learn a language. I feel more people, uh, people come with me already with the idea in mind. I'm, I'm not going to convince the world why you should learn a language. I think a lot of other people who make content online are very good at that and for people who'd never considered it. A lot of people who come to me are potentially considering traveling to another country or they have somebody in their life they want to communicate with or there's some connection they have to the culture and they've just never had that success before. And what I want to do is I want to give them inspiration and motivation to then have that success. 
And so like, it's not necessarily something everybody has to do. Like I wasn't scoffing every time I met a mon monolingual and think, oh, what are you doing with your life? You're a waste of space. I mean, obviously it's just, it's not for everybody, but for a lot of people, there is a very big reason to learn one or more other languages. And um, they have this passion, but their life has been kind of missing this big aspect that they know is going to change so many things for them because they feel like they're not good enough. They feel, and they've been kind of drilled in this message through uh, their schooling or through their own attempts to learn a language by, you know, downloading Duolingo and trying it for two years and not really having anything to show after that. I know nothing against Duolingo. It's just like that. If that's the only thing you do, you're not going to really learn the language. So a lot of people, they need to know what are the next steps. And um, I feel like I'm coming from a background a lot of them may understand because uh, a lot of people in the language learning community that I see who make content who, frankly, are much smarter than I am. And, and, and I've gone to polyglot conferences, met other polyglots who I feel are like several levels beyond me in terms of their skills with language, their passion for language, definitely way beyond what I'll ever be. However, I can relate to a lot of the people who struggled because I tried to learn a language for months and months in the country and I failed. I took languages in school for several years and I failed. I have felt like maybe I should just give this whole thing up. I'm never going to learn a language. So these are things I totally understand. And, uh, you know, there's, I'm obviously not the only content creator who has this kind of background, but I feel like some of the other language learners, they don't really get what it feels like to have tried and tried and to keep on failing and to be at the point of deciding, I just can't do this. And no amount of, of like, you know, but languages are cool, languages are awesome. No amount of that is going to change their mind. They need... You, they need to hear, do you know what? I failed too. Do you know what? I'm an idiot when it comes to language learning. Do you know what? I forget where I put my keys all the time. They need somebody who is actually not a genius, somebody who is maybe a bit of an idiot like they are, and they feel, wow, if this idiot can learn a language, maybe I can learn a language. So I'm I'm trying to be the idiot polyglot <laughs> that the world needs, you know? <laughs> and making us all okay. feel better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I feel like that's like quote for Benny Lewis for 2023. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. am the Indian polygot that the world needs. Um, yeah. <laughs> now, um, I just wanted to bring up as well that we mentioned earlier that you have written a book. Uh, well, you've written multiple books actually, but you've written a book called Fluent in Freight Months, which was your first book. Um, what was that experience like writing a book about all of these experiences of, of yours and, and trying to sort of pack that up into some pages? Mm. It's, it's interesting because I've had two book writing projects. The first one was my very first book project, Fluent in Three Months. The second one was writing the language hacking books, which were course materials. And they were extremely different experiences. So writing Fluent in Three Months was essentially trying to take the format I had done on the blog of sharing my advice and making it work in a format that you could read from start to finish. Because the blog, you, didn't, you don't read a blog sequentially. You would kind of randomly come across this tip and that tip. So I was packaging it in that format. And as such, it wasn't necessarily that difficult because I just wrote from the heart, put aside several months 
and like literally my magic number, I wrote the book in three months. <laughs> I set aside, I made it my full-time job. I blocked everything else. And I was just writing that book and, uh, you know, ran it past the editors and, and all that stuff. So that, that was a really fun experience. And I'm very proud of that book as, it, as it's been out. People have told me it's made a true difference in their lives. I made a huge point in that book to inspire as many people as I could. One of the chapters was literally just going through a laundry list of all the reasons people gave me for why they can't learn a language. Like, I'm too old. And I was like, you're not too old. There's a study done in the University of Haifa that showed that under the right circumstances, adults are better language learners than children. So I'm really trying to like nail in each one of these points that people ha had for me for why they could never learn a language. And then obviously go beyond that and even talk about getting to mastery at the end of the book. So I'm very proud of that book. And it, it ultimately became an international bestseller. So on the bestseller list in multiple countries. So very, very pleased with how that went. And based on the success of that, uh, Teach Yourself got in touch with me and they wanted to see if I would write some courses for them. And that worked a very, very different way because rather than writing from the heart and just being like, here's what I think you should do, uh, to follow academic standards, they had to, because uh, they wanted to be potentially considered to be used by actual schools and universities. So they had to follow a very specific standard. Um, and that was very difficult for me to stay within those bounds. Um, and it was actually the hardest project I've ever taken on in my life was writing these books. And I ended up having to work 20 hour days. Mm -hmm. So I would work for 20 hours I would have one hour to sleep or one hour to, to eat and do anything else and three hours to sleep. And I was working along those lines for many, many months just to fit the standards of these books. I'm very proud of those books and they've definitely helped a lot of people because they take the same concepts of language hacking and they inject it into a specific language with example sentences and such. But it was a huge amount of, of uh, work to create those courses. So that kind of took so much out of me that I've literally needed years to recover from that project. Um, but like ultimately, I, I feel like I've done the whole book writing thing. I, I, I might do other books as long as they're uh, maybe ha like very light projects. I can work with a ghostwriter or something like that. Um, but now I want to get back to what, what originally inspired people the most of sharing my own language learning stories. Oh, fantastic. Um, just to recap to the... The language hacking series, it was French, Italian, Mandarin, Chinese, and was it German as well? German and, and Spanish. Spanish. Of course, I mean Spanish. So the five yeah. languages. Oh, it's yeah. a great, you know, breadth of different um, studies as well, which is amazing. Um, Absolutely. I guess before we, we wrap up, Benny, and, and thank you for your time, I think we'd love to hear, you know, we've talked about this a lot through our, through our chat, but if you were, were thinking in, you know, 2023, you've got all these keen language learners listening to you right now, what are some of these tips that you would give to them at any stage of their learning or any stage of their motivation? Is there something that, you know, sings to you particularly in this kind of era that we're in at the moment? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think firstly, if someone's in like language learning mode in 2023, I would t I would suggest they adjust that a little bit because uh, maybe they're fresh out of a um, a New Year's resolution 
So try to have something specific in a much shorter amount of time. I feel like three months is the Goldilocks zone because you can achieve something significant in three months, but it's still a long enough amount of time that you, you can actually put a lot of work in. Whereas a year, a year is too far off. So that's the first thing I would say is, is try to, you know, you're listening to this, maybe the start of February, decide, okay, four months from now or by the summer, I want to do this in the language, whatever that happens to be. The next thing I would say is you need to be using your language right now. The temptation for so many of us is, okay, I'm going to study my language and then maybe in two months time, I'll finally be ready to have my first conversation and, and start like an italki or a preply chat with a teacher or something. And I would say absolutely not under any circumstances, unless you have very different goals to me. And there are people who, uh, you know, genuinely, they want to learn how to read in a language. That's great. But if your goals include serious conversation, ultimately in the language, you need to start speaking now. And there are many ways you can do this. You can cheat if you have to. And, I, and I, I'll be like documenting this as I take my next, next project on that, like effectively from the beginning, I will have a Google Translate tab open and I'll start the conversation. My teacher will say, blah, 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 blah. And I'll say, could you write that out, please? They'll write it out into the chat window. I'll copy and paste it into Google Translate. I'll know what they said. Oh, where are you from? And I'll see, how do I say where, the, where I'm from Ireland? And I'll repeat that. So very messy, very ugly, but a conversation will flow without me having to speak English to them or hear them speak English to me. Obviously, I'll have a giant crutch that I'll be using. But the goal, again, is to suck a little less every day. So I would truly encourage people to try to speak your language immediately. It is going to suck. It's going to hurt. You're going to make mistakes. Embrace that. Make that your goal. Decide that, you know, oh, I'm terrified because I might make mistakes. No, you will make mistakes. Embrace that. Be happy about it. Be like, I can't wait to make mistakes. And go in with that attitude, and it's going to completely transform your experience, and you're going to be a good beginner. So many of us with language learning, our heads are way too much in the future, and we're imagining all these deep conversations we want to have in the language. You can get there someday, but... There are seven days in a week and someday is not one of them. I don't care about someday. I care about today. Today, what can I do in the language? I can sound like Tarzan. I can sound like an idiot. Let's do it. Amazing. What good, what good advice, especially for the start of this year when people are so high on New Year's resolutions. I think that, you know, in this very buzzy January time, February, January, February, March is first quarter of the year. People can be running high on all of the feelings of a new start and a fresh start. That is some really good advice for everybody to just, I think, be liberated by the idea of making mistakes and um, to feel fine, to feel a bit like Tarzan, which I'm all for. Love that. Again, what an image. <laughs> 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 Benny, thank you so much for joining us on Language Chats. It is a real pleasure to have you with us um, and it's been such a good chat. I think it's been filled with um, lots of really interesting things that hopefully lots of people listening to this as well can take away and apply to their own language learning and perhaps identify with 
and use for their own experiences um, as they move into their language learning futures um, or whatever kind of futures. I mean, it doesn't have to be a language learning future, I guess, whatever. Um, (laughs) Benny, firstly, um, we should just say, how can people find you online? We have mentioned Fluent in Three Months many, many, many times in this chat, but um, could you let us know where is the best place to find you? Yeah, so I'm most active on social media like Instagram. So Irish Polyglot is where I talk about my general travels and what I'm up to that day. And language hacking is where I'm 100% just talking about the languages I'm learning and giving people inspiration. Um, my blog, fluentin3months.com, has a search bar. People can search for the language they're learning. You'll get my top resources, my top advice. Um, and then if you go to fluentin3months.com slash bootcamp, you can see the community of people that we coach and see if you want to join that and uh, see how my philosophy works behind the scenes a bit. Um, I'm on all sorts of other platforms. I'm on TikTok. I actually literally created 14 different accounts on TikTok, 14 different accounts on Instagram, just so I could practice my languages. I trained the algorithm in each one of those accounts to only show me content in that language. And uh, so I, I kind of list all of those on my Instagram main pages. Um, and then I'm, of course, shortly after this goes live, I will be starting my next Fluent in Three Months project after a very long break. So you will see that mainly on my YouTube channels. So there's two YouTube channels. There's Fluent in Three Months, which will be just the language aspect of it, and Benny Lewis, which will be my other updates about how my life is working around the language learning project. So yeah, I'm all over the place. And of course, uh, most directly, I have my own podcast, the Language Hacking Podcast, and people are welcome to come check that out. Oh, that's so exciting, Benny. I'm very much looking forward to learning about your new Fluent in Three Months project. We will look forward to hearing about that and following along with you on that journey. And thank you once again for joining us on Language Chats. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to another episode of Language Chats. If you'd like to find out more about us and what we do, then you can go to our website at www.languagelovers.com.au. You can also find us in the normal internet places. We're on Facebook, languagelovers.au, and also on Instagram, languagelovers.au. Um, if you'd also like to get involved in the conversation a little bit more, um, we have a Facebook community um, and you can find our group at Language Lovers AU Community. We would love to see you there. And don't forget you can subscribe to Language Chat so you don't miss any future episodes. And if you have a quick 30 seconds, we would love it if you could leave us a rating and review. We read every comment and we love hearing from you. Please don't forget to share the episode with other language learners that you know who might find some value in our chat today. And we can't wait until the next episode. See you then. See you next time.